right. So hi guys, welcome to the Film Students Review. I'm joined today by Kat. Hi Kat. Hiya. Do you want to do a little introduction? Yes. Um, so I'm Kat um, and I'm doing postgrad with you. Mm-hmm. You, you do the same thing, yeah. don't you? Okay, yeah, cool. also masters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. at the University of Edinburgh, but I have a background in media studies oh, cool. um, that I did in Brighton. Um, a year ago, I finished mm-hmm. a year ago, but I'm from Slovakia, so oh, nice. yeah, I'm sort of like oh, getting yeah. used to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. I think I'm pretty much like British by now, but yeah. <laughs> there's still a bit of like, especially when I can't manage the language properly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god. Did you do four years in Brighton? Yeah, yeah. Well, I did. I did three years, and then okay. I worked for a year, and then yeah. I was like, I saved some money, and I was like, yes. I can oh, do nice. My now, yeah. So. <laughs> well, I was trying to locate your accent because it almost sounds like it could just be British for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. a great compliment. <laughs> like, it's so funny because some people pick it up straight away mm-hmm. and they're like, you're not from here. Where are you from? Mm-hmm. And then I had people when I was working, they were like, are you from South Wales? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. Whenever you talk in class, I'd be like, where are you from? <laughs> I bet you, like, in a year, I'll be, I'll sound like a bit of Scottish, bit of Irish yeah, because I, my flatmate is Irish. So right. I, can, I can hear myself picking up a few things from her mm-hmm. it just be like I don't know it just comes out like, yeah oh my god that's right so funny. oh great well you can come back we'll do another interview and you'll just do it in a Scottish accent oh fantastic god, <laughs> imagine perfect well um okay so do you have a favorite movie at all um I do I did actually do I know I know sorry guys we're like right by my um, apartment in my apartment we'll just let this pass <laughs> That's intense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love it on the thing. Jesus. <laughs> it's very dramatic here this evening. Perfect setting for talking about sound. Um, all right. So, that should be the, yeah. the, the theme song for this, right. this one, I think. Yeah, maybe I'll cut it out at the front. <laughs> but, um, yeah, favorite film. Well, I actually watched Brooklyn for my essay yeah. the other day. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think that's one of one of my favorites. Yeah. I think I have a few. I'm in love with Emery Cohen. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, sorry, Hans. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, a lot of rings, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's because it's sort of sentimental. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think there are a few. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darjeeling Limited, actually. Oh, great. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are people's response when you tell them that you're doing a master's in film studies? Well, I was listening to this podcast the other weekend, mm-hmm. and Leanne said that it was just yeah. like, what's your favourite film? Yeah. And it's so true. Everyone is like, oh my God, what's yeah. your favourite film or director? And it's just like, ugh, I, it's, I it's like when you ask someone what's the best song ever, yeah. and you can't, you, it's the stupidest question ever, yeah. because there are so many, and yeah. you can't, I, and I think it changes as well over time. So I kind of realise in, um, in, in studying film, Today we were talking about The Searchers. Did you see it on yeah, Friday? Yeah, yeah I was so, watching it yesterday. Oh my actually. god, I hate it. But I realized that I hate more films than I than I like films. Okay. So people ask me about it, I'm like, damn, I could tell you all the films that I hate yeah. with a passion. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, okay, good. We were actually films. watching, uh, because you're mentioning The Searchers, and I really, I kind of enjoyed that, mm-hmm. but we were watching... Um, <laughs> Oh my god, what is it called? I can. I am so bad with film mm-hmm. names, uh, but it's Michael Haneke film. Oh, was it Funny Games or it was um, the something with Wolf? Was it? Okay, I've only seen Funny Games, but Leanne's doing a presentation on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I could not. I, I did not enjoy that. I yeah, was just there, like oh, I got so angry and yeah. so annoyed. I was like, yeah. I don't understand why people make films. Yeah, like this. <laughs> Haneke. Yeah, he's <laughs> a tough one for sure. But anyway, so where you approached me with this topic of sound. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, 
super interesting. I mean, you can take so many different angles for this. I'm really excited about how it's going to kind of continue. Thank you for joining me as well. So, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about sound in films. We're going to talk about um, diegetic sound, uh, soundtrack, soundtracks and how they kind of play a role in films, Mm. Um, musicals, thematic music, and... um, Oh, and I missed no soundtrack as well. Mm. So yeah, very interesting. But let's start with um, sound and diegetic sound. Very appropriate that we have all of these sounds coming this, from this my apartment. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's okay. We'll just we'll just have it be our background music. So you wanted to mention Lord of the Rings. So what is it for you that makes diegetic sound like so important? Um, well, I think there is something... I'm very sensitive to sound and music, I think, mm-hmm. in general. Um, mm-hmm. And when it comes to films, especially, I sort of notice little things and I remember them quite a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And I think Lord of the Rings did a, did a great job in sort of making up new sounds. That mm-hmm. are, because, obviously, it's fantasy, so you don't have the sounds that you would find necessarily in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Balrog or whatever. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is, I think amazing because mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen like behind the scenes and how they made it mm-hmm. but not for a while yeah but it's like I think they took these concrete blocks mm-hmm. and just like moved them in like a tunnel sort of thing right and that's the sound combined with like yeah. something else and I think for orcs they used like goats and some sort of like other animals right and it's just and Balrog as well when it like when you see it in the film for the first time and just sort of you don't really see it you just hear it mm-hmm. and it's just like you know that it's coming from the deep, you know, where the right. earth is just made of stone yeah. and things like yeah. that. And I think that is so powerful because it doesn't sound like anything else, but you kind of, you can recognise, you can sort of, you know, you know where that sound is probably coming from. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of, um, when you approached me with this topic, I was thinking specifically of Foley artists and how they bring, you know, this whole kind of tension with cinema between representing something that feels realistic in a way that is so highly manufactured mm. and stylized. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, just that play with kind of realism and, um, and basically, like, in, in some ways, the meaning of cinema. I'll link a really interesting video on kind of behind the scenes with Foley mm. artists, for sure. Mm. But just, I was watching this video and they were talking about how they make this sound of walking in snow mm-hmm. and how they use sand, right? Like, in my mind, if you wanted to get the sound of like a waterfall mm. would maybe just I don't know like bring yeah. a microphone just film the waterfall but yeah there's all these other yeah. layers of kind of art that yeah. are coming through because I've heard I've seen a video about it as well and I mm-hmm. think the people who are making the sounds who are mm-hmm. working on it they said that it's not really about the actual sound but the representation mm-hmm. of that sound and what it sort of reminds you of rather than the actual sound because the actual oh. sound is it's very hard to actually record that, and right. it wouldn't sort of the representation of it wouldn't be as powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, Something about like what happens in the mind. It's, yeah, that's what it's trying to evoke. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. so. I was thinking about this so much that I even had like a dream. <laughs> yeah, like last night I was thinking like, oh look, there's the foley artist making that sound in, like the water. My goodness. Uh, yeah, but just yeah, I do think that that's a really really powerful part in terms of sound on film. Like, mm. like how do you create reality and how you create it through distancing mm. it further? Mm. So, uh, mm. yeah. And, and, like, that idea, it is so powerful, you know? One of the most important, like, Harry Potter, when the lasers, you know, are, or, like, the lightning battle, whatever, yeah. if, you're, yeah. if you're fighting other people through that, how mm. you create that idea of, of 
like the imaginary mm. through real but things. Even mm-hmm. I think like the really normal stuff. Um, I was watching the samurai uh, from the six, mm-hmm. six, mm-hmm. Five, something. Is that Chabrol? Can't remember. Oh man, it's with Alan Delon. I don't. Yeah, it's Melville. I think. Oh I think right, yeah, that yeah. is. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this scene. I think it's it's quite a lot of walking. I think mm-hmm. the main character does a lot of work, work, walking in the film. But there is something, and this might sound a bit like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a weirdo, but I really <laughs> love the sound of like steps on mm-hmm. the pavement. And that's quite. I think it's part of quite a lot of film noirs where you just hear that right. and it's just side the silent street and someone. Yeah walking in the echo of, of the yeah. sound and things like that. And I think that's just not orgasmic, but, you know, <laughs> there's something yeah. about it that you're like, oh, my God, this it just transports you yeah. in, into that street. You feel like you're there right. and you can feel the sort of tension and everything. You mm-hmm. know? But it's such a simple sound. It's not like, yeah. I don't know, super complicated. But. Yeah. But it probably is to make to make that sound like outside of the yeah. outside of the film world. Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. When I was when I was watching that little video on the Foley artists, they were showing how they make horse hooves, mm. like uh, walking or trotting or whatever, and it's just it almost looked like like the bell of the toilet bowl plunger. <laughs> they would just like clap against whatever kind of surface the horse need to walk around. But um, yeah, definitely. Definitely a way to kind of appreciate those levels of film that we take for granted a lot mm. of the time because we're not supposed to notice it. Yeah. And it's funny watching the searchers because there's one point where suddenly the background noise just stops, but there's no reason for it to stop and it's just silent. And really? I, I found it was so like jarring and so weird. Oh my God. So maybe that you, contributed to my dislike. <laughs> do you film. know what scene it was? I can't remember. Honestly, I, I just glazed over after a while because uh, I hated it so much. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But my class already knows how much I hate. <laughs> We're just talking about it today. Well, let's let's move on to um, soundtrack mm. and and the ways that kind of plays with the film. Maybe kind of transcends genre. You mentioned Great Gatsby. I mentioned um, A Knight's Tale mm. in terms of using modern day mm. soundtrack in yeah. kind of period mm. pieces. Yeah. What what does that do for you as a as a viewer um, and listener? I think it can do, it can go both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, in Great Gatsby, I, I haven't really liked the film, to be honest, so mm-hmm. maybe that was part of it. And I know that in some cases it did work really well. There were some songs that were sort of... They really f- did fit the mm-hmm. narrative and everything, but in some cases it was too different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that obviously it, it was made in you know a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, and we all know that because we watch it now. Yeah. So it's kind of it makes sense to use contemporary music or musicians. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I, I don't I don't I didn't yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. I could have I I do like aspects of it, but I wouldn't that wouldn't be my choice maybe as a filmmaker yeah. even. Yeah. Um, so as a viewer, I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. What are you trying to do? And I guess one of the hard things with soundtracks is that a lot of the times it just feels like another way to make money, like such a commercial kind Mm, of thing to do. Um, In film and gender class, we were talking about Dirty Dancing and how the soundtrack was almost as popular as the film itself Mm. and how how it really capitalized on Mm. using certain uh, kind of music and then Mm. also using certain musicians to create music for the film. Mm. I definitely... I mean, with with a Knight's Tale, it's David Bowie, so I just I don't want to I don't want to rag on it too much because I mean like, David Bowie, but uh, yeah, it it definitely is an interest. I feel like maybe it's one of those more kind of commercial avenues for mm. film to, yeah. to to use that contemporary kind of music. Mm. Well, I suppose if you 
talk about it, especially in reference to mm-hmm. The Great Gatsby, it, it makes so much sense because I remember that film mm-hmm. was everywhere and mm-hmm. it was so huge and yeah. I feel like it's quite a long film as well. Yeah. And I think the film in itself is quite like, I'm big, yeah. look at me sort of thing. So it, do, it does make sense that the yeah. music was just like, sell, mm-hmm. sell, 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 mm-hmm. sell, which is kind of sad. You know? Right. And I haven't seen it, but I have seen like Romeo and Juliet by Baz Luhrmann and mm-hmm. it seems like he really did focus a lot on Great Gatsby about stylizing. Mm. Like he, so it, it's really a deliberate choice to mm. have this contemporary music set in the yeah. like what is it like nineteen thirties or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's maybe a way to to relate the viewers a little bit more to the content as well because if they can identify the music, like it's it's almost as you mm. said with the with the walking on the streets, right? Mm. It has a very effective mm. um, quality. So if you can not think about the fact that the music is bringing you even more Mm. into the world in a way like making yourself aware making you aware of yourself as a person Mm. because you can like sing along to that contemporary music yeah but then also because the people are dancing to that music as well Mm. it's like it's it's this really weird Mm. kind of relationship that he's establishing yeah definitely so, uh, yeah, Night's Tale is also great. It's really fun to just, like, list off movies as well. I love it. All of this. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this. Um, yeah, and that, but I think that's a really good transition into musicals, which is one of the topics with music that I was really excited mm. to talk about. In terms of, and especially just when you consider that that musicals, was almost the first kind of genre that sound film turned to to demo yeah. like wasn't it yeah the yeah the jazz singer that Ooh. was like the first sound film testing oh <laughs> testing god I have no idea I'm gonna be yeah no no I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that was like the first kind of talkie and then it was a musical right so it's like mm. sound film is born mm. through music which is really interesting mm. well it just makes so much sense doesn't yeah because you go from having just this um, sound went in, just music, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you can use it in the film. It's just very different, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because it's not like, oh, we're just going to put a track over it. Yeah. It's just you can use the sound with yeah. it and work with it, you know. It's, it, it, I think it becomes more physical even. Mm-hmm. And I think it, 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 it's kind of like going from one extreme to another. Yeah. It's quite cool. Yeah, and then, I mean, one, one thing that my sister really like to talk about when she she was studying film when she started studying film they were talking about musicals and and I do agree to it to an extent when you think about La La Land but the musical is a representation of the American dream so it's really interesting to look at films non-American films Mm. that are the musical kind of style I mean Bollywood would be a completely different Mm. uh kind of genre that I I know not too much about Mm, talk about it (laughs) but uh uh yeah like with La La Land that the music just kind of erupts on screen same with singing Mm. in the rain you know there's this context for applying the music Mm. but then they're all very uplifting and about kind of um motivating the viewer that they can achieve whatever they want as long as they like put passion into it or something like it it's a lot more yeah, I suppose. Propagandistic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I never really thought about it that way. Because mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, to me, American culture is so... Mm-hmm. Um, it Well, it's quite close to me because we did have, you know, films yeah. from America and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it's still the whole idea of, of, of American dream. I'm just like, doesn't really yeah. do anything yeah. with me, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think I've picked up on it that much, to be fair. But mm-hmm. I, I think with La La Land, that was a yeah. bit of a surprise because it didn't really end that 
well mm-hmm. I mean it, you know it, it was quite realistic yeah and I think it, it yeah it just sort of it played on that American dream but it wasn't as straightforward as normally it is mm-hmm. which was quite interesting mm-hmm. and I mean it it doesn't it I mean it still ends on a happy note right like spoiler <laughs> alert that's the new bell for the spoiler alert as well it probably just alarmed so many people <laughs> but, uh, spoiler alert they all they all get what they want really except each other well, right. So, yeah, but then like even then it doesn't really matter cuz obviously like <laughs> they're happy. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. That, that again another but film I dislike. But then it's quite unlikely I think for American film especially yeah. to have a film about two people who don't get don't mm-hmm. end up together, you know. And I, I think that mm-hmm. that's is it is it about well you can either get love or you can either get the you know mm-hmm. the american dream and yeah i think that that's that's quite interesting yeah i mean usually the american dream would be incorporating exactly love as well yeah. yeah that's that's an interesting point for sure mm-hmm. i i think it um what i what i find the most interesting about la la land my teacher like dan brought it up today mm-hmm. that um so many films now, in, especially produced by America, are kind of mixed genre mm-hmm. because the genre is a little like having the Western. That's, yeah. You know, the Western is too typical mm-hmm. to kind of just keep doing that. So we yeah. have to blend all of these different uh, ideas mm-hmm. of, of like genre cinema in order to make it more attractive. Yeah. But La La Land, I thought, was actually quite quite generic like, like quite the musical really? genre yeah I mean you know, I, I, I did not get that feeling like yeah. at all because I felt like it was and I, and I tried to like write a blog about it so mm-hmm. that's why I remember mm-hmm. remember it but I went to the cinema on my own to watch it and then I got out and I was like hang on I feel like it do, it does have it has like two parts so one part is the musical part which mm-hmm. is quite you know uplifting and all of that but then you have this this other part that's so realistic that mm-hmm. I forgot that it was a musical mm-hmm. for, for you know for a num- number of sort of minutes and, yeah. and you know I would say maybe like half of the film mm-hmm. and that what really sort of not confused me but I thought that was really interesting because I didn't feel like that was just a musical and it's all like we we start mm-hmm. happy and we end happy it was just I don't know mm-hmm. it was very interesting because I haven't seen that amount of realism in other sort of more realistic films, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, oh, okay. Ah, well, I'd, I'd be interested in reading that blog post, that's for <laughs> sure. If, yeah, maybe Come I can like, link your blog <laughs> yeah, to it. That's great, yeah. Well, again, just just musicals as... I mean, musicals bring in so many other aspects of sound as well, too, because, I mean, in musical theater, you have to have the, mm-hmm. the orchestra as mm-hmm. well, but that there's a lot more collaboration in terms of sound, and then you still have to have the Foley artists mm-hmm. on top of it all, right? Mm-hmm. So sound sound plays a lot more of a role. And then in the musical, where, where you might be able to forget for a little while that it's a musical, mm-hmm. suddenly a song will come on out of nowhere, right? Yeah. And that, that doesn't happen in, in real life, but mm-hmm. it just... It's a really interesting, like kind of avenue that that mm. cinema does take yeah. and has. I mean, Rent was super popular. I think as like a, a musical film. Mm. Um, well, mm-hmm. I have a question, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, you mentioned Dirty Dancing, and do yeah. you think that is a musical? Because I know that quite a lot of people mm-hmm. classify it as a musical, but there's no singing. Yeah, <laughs> no one sings in that film. Yeah, um, I wouldn't necessarily think of it as a musical, but. I would say that the dancing film is a genre mm-hmm. all in itself, right? Like, like, yeah. And especially early two thousands, all my friends in elementary school loved like the dancing films and like the cheerleading films too, which are kind of just the same, okay. the same thing. Yeah, I would say dancing film, but just that 
that one where specifically the music, mm. like, I've had that Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to sing on every... That's my favorite film, yeah. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, but I do think that that music has a complicated, like, lyrical music has a complicated relationship with films because mm. what part of it is just there to be commercial, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's mm. one of those hard kind of... Um, things to negotiate in terms of talking about film as a purely commercial art and then maybe mm. like as, as something mm. like more, um, yeah. I don't know, progressive or, mm. or discursive or something. Yeah. So, cause yeah. you have, I think like within that as well, you could say, well, we have films where you have, um, music without any lyrics, which is just, mm-hmm. you know, the orchestra and things like yeah. that. And then you have, um, 2001 or yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we you... talk about that. <laughs> Lastly, <laughs> and then you have um, films that have music that's been already made. So mm-hmm. I think Guardians of the Galaxy they do that quite well, right? Don't they? Yeah. And then you have the cassette me. players all coming back because of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. how incredible is that? It's all about the sound and how we used yeah. to listen to sound and recording things like that. And then you have. Um, music that is made particularly for the film mm-hmm. and, and I think then it's like the lyrics really yeah. reflect what is going on and things like that yeah. so there are so many like different sounds that we have in mm-hmm. film and it, it's I don't really I don't think we talk about it that much yeah though. yeah there's so I, yeah I remember reading um an article about sound in horror film that's a totally different mm. thing I'm not going to get into because I just do the <laughs> reading to prepare right for this but one film I wanted to bring up that I saw this summer I quite liked it uh Baby Driver have you seen it I think you mentioned this to me I don't yeah I, was it like a horror film or no no it's not a horror film it's kind of like an action film but music plays a really interesting role because um the whole premise is that this guy's really great at basically stunt driving so he gets hired to do all of these mm. robberies because he can drive yeah he's, his name's baby he's a driver okay hence the, hence the okay. title but he has some sort of weird like uh brain injury where he needs to always be listening to his ipod in order to kind of like concentrate oh, and wow. distract from it so so music is played throughout the film and mm. often it's um lyrical music often it's just instrumental music and then it's also a way that he breaks the fourth wall because mm. um he might turn to the camera kind of dance a little bit and it's, it's this mm. weird thing where it's maybe almost a musical because okay. the music is interacting with the characters at the same time that it's mm. interacting with the audience right oh, yeah. it's, uh but it's yeah, and I thought it was really cool. On a whole side note, it's mm. all like the cassettes, like Guardian of the Galaxy, mm. Baby Driver. It's interesting mm. how music plays a role in kind of um, reintroducing us to, mm. to older technology yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, speaking about mm. technology, I was thinking mm-hmm. about this on the bus. When you think of sci-fi films, mm-hmm. very early, like from the 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. it's amazing how like the the sound was so particular. It was all this like electronic music, mm-hmm. you know, humans discovered yeah. this electronic music, and it was all these like when you imagine an alien and how that sound, it's all like this, yeah. this <laughs> weird buzzing, and right. it's just incredible how I think sound can also be like I think not, maybe not so much these days because I feel like we have. We've gone through everything, we mm-hmm. know everything, and we just sort of pick and choose what we want. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was so particular, it was just that, that yeah. it was so particular to that genre as mm-hmm. well, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of amazing, because you don't really have that anymore, I yeah. think. Right. Yeah, definitely, I think, as technologies change, what we expect to see and hear, especially what mm. we expect to hear, for sure, changes. So, so I think films kind of have to have to negotiate mm. what 
what will please their spectator, but what they can change enough to, to kind of maybe be different, mm. be innovative. Um, so let's go on to the next, the next topic. You mentioned like no soundtrack or limited soundtrack mm-hmm. and you cited the exploding girl. So I haven't seen this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> except I did look it up on IMDb mm-hmm. and I noticed that the love interest in it was in this Canadian TV show called like really? tales of the never ending story. Okay. I was also in love with him. So <laughs> I was, I was like, Oh my God, you're still around and I know you. And like, how do I know you? And Oh my god, childhood. Oh, so. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I love that. He's from Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about this film and especially like the music? Yeah, so... The lack of music. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a very independent film. I think it's filmed with one camera, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. And it's basically about um, this girl and this, this guy that you mentioned. And I think they go off for like... They go back home to, I think it's New York or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, maybe mm-hmm. somewhere else. Um, but they go for a break from college or something. Um, and it's basically about them two spending the summer together. So I think the guy lives with the girl for a while because somehow his parents went to his room. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nothing like <laughs> sexual, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's just about their relationship and especially about the girl. And um, she's got epilepsy, so hence mm-hmm. the, the title. So mm-hmm. you know, she's the exploding girl. Um, but there's no no soundtrack, so mm-hmm. there's one song in one scene at the end, um, and that's it. So it's all sort of you know you can hear like when she's walking around in the streets, you can just literally hear the street, yeah. and it's quite loud at times as well. Like you can barely hear what she's saying. Yeah, it um, probably happen on this podcast as well. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind yeah. of I, I think it's so interesting because it really creates this sense of being closer to her and her gaze and what she's going through and what she hears and things like mm-hmm. that. And then when you hear that song at the end, um, it really changes the whole vibe and the mm-hmm. atmosphere of the whole film. It's kind of like, well, I have—I don't know if you have that, but you mm-hmm. know when sometimes you listen to a song and you're on the bus and it's sort of a bit, you know, melancholic or something yeah. and you just feel like you're in a film, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, or as a kid, you just stare out the window of yeah. the like, moving car. <laughs> yeah. Pretending I'm yes. music video yeah. <laughs> Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it kind of felt like that. And it, not that it, fe- it felt unnatural, but it was very... It made such a huge change to mm-hmm. the pace of the film and how mm-hmm. you sort of looked at it. Yeah. And it really felt like it didn't need any soundtrack, you know. Yeah. And, and I never really... And perhaps because it was an independent film, because of the genre as well, because mm-hmm. it was... I want to say romance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, because I don't think it would work with anything else. Right. Much, you know. In that kind of setting, yeah. 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 One, one film... This one does have a soundtrack, but I think it's used in a really interesting way um it's my my personal favorite film Ooh. victoria by sebastian shipper 2015 film german uh <laughs> great but it's two and a half hours long and it's one continuous shot what? and um they had to do it three times like it's oh amazing but one of uh after watching it a ton of times the music really just kind of it's like a thriller so it just really mm. amps you up a lot of the time mm. and, and after watching it a few times i realized that um they use sound as a way to kind of edit the scenes without having to okay. cut the scenes. Oh, wow. So they um, there's one point in particular where they just amplify the soundtrack so that you can't hear what the characters are talking about. And yeah. I kind of feel like they did that. I mean, to set the tone of the film as well, it works mm. very well in terms of the kind of emotional trajectory. Mm. But then also to um, to kind of 
you know, like just pause on the mm. action to do something else without kind yeah. of doing a montage sequence yeah. or anything. Wow. So yeah, it's a really, it's a really great film. There's another musical aspect of it that I like wrote a paper about. Oh, wow. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I sent it to the director. He never responded, but that's oh, okay. No. <laughs> Maybe still will, yeah. Oh my God. Oh, I sent it to his email and I was like, I really love your film. I wrote a paper about it. <laughs> Please talk to me. No, it did not happen. That's okay. Oh, <laughs> I, I get over it. Uh, so yeah, but, but that's, that sound, that is still soundtrack, but in mm. a different way. And I think I think we come to expect a soundtrack, mm. you know, for film. So for something to not have one, I mean, that's it's basically just like watching theater, right? Yeah. Like, it's, like sound is an element of cinema, so... But then that's mm-hmm. the thing, like, you know, is, is soundtrack necessarily music on top? Or right. can it be what's going on? And I think with mm-hmm. The Exploding Bell as well, there was quite a lot of... Um, especially when she was, like, walking around and you can hear mm-hmm. the people or the cars or whatnot mm-hmm. that was kind of the soundtrack and that was quite nice mm-hmm. um, and I think there were a lot of scenes where I don't know she was quite sick and the guy made her soup and she was mm-hmm. I remember that scene so well because again it was just the sound of her um, sort of sitting down and you could hear the duvet moving and her like going oh. to the floor mm-hmm. and starting eating the soup blowing, you know, into mm-hmm. the soup to make it a bit colder. And I remember like hearing the the spoon touching mm-hmm. the bowl and I was like I, for some reason I was like, This is incredible yeah. because it's so intimate oh, and you don't mm-hmm. get to hear any anything that disturbs that mm-hmm. sort of um closeness that, that you have with the characters. Right. Yeah. Um but again, you know, imagine, I don't know, the Avengers without any soundtrack, mm-hmm. it's it's almost impossible yeah. because it's so it, it just needs to be or guardians there. of the galaxy where it's just yeah. you know, so typical yeah. uh and then a whole other aspect to this idea of no soundtrack is very early film right which which is often called silent cinema but i know i can't think of the theorists at the top of my head but that it's actually death cinema right because it's not as if no sound is happening in what's being filmed mm. and then this whole other tradition of silent death cinema whatever mm. you want to call it being accompanied by by music like by yeah. a piano or by an organ mm. or something um, just that it's always been intimately related with yeah. music, but the relationship with what we're seeing and what we're hearing has mm. kind of evolved over time. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I think like, so back in the day, during you know, mm-hmm. silent films, if you want to watch it, you would have the real thing. You would have mm-hmm. the real orchestra play. Yes. You know? Yeah. In real and, time. And whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. how great is that? Yeah. And I think they do that with Lord of Rings as well. So you can. Like some like once in a mm-hmm. blue moon, you can go and the film is being played and there's mm-hmm. a real orchestra that plays the soundtrack mm-hmm. to it. And I I think there's a another different emotion to that because you see it live and I don't know because yeah. it, it, you know in, in in I suppose like in theory it wouldn't it shouldn't make a difference because mm-hmm. sound is sound, isn't it? Yeah, but it totally know, does. It, it yeah. is different. Probably. I mean, one thing that I remember. Uh, I used to be terrified of horror films. I couldn't watch anything that was remotely scary. And my sister mm. said, like, just plug your ears and then you can watch it. And, and it's yeah, so true, yeah. like, how how emotive mm-hmm. um, film kind of makes you in terms of their sound. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I do that sometimes even now. When something's <laughs> getting too intense, I'm like, gotta plug my ears. It's true. I was mm-hmm. going to mention, actually, yeah. horror films that I, yeah. I, I can't, I, to this day, yeah. <laughs> to be really scary. So mm-hmm. that's as far as I go. <laughs> 
but um, it is really that you hear the sound, you hear the sort of tension, and you're like, oh my god, and mm-hmm. that is that is too much for me. Yeah, I can't go any further. Yeah, so. yeah. We'll just pull yours next time, maybe. And see yeah, what happens. That's, I, I can definitely see myself doing that. Yeah, and then uh, one other thing I wanted to mention when you when you said watching a movie and listening to the sound at the same time, the the that is quite a practice in terms of like playing out something, a like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm. I've seen that where it's played out in the same time. And that's really interesting because you have, um, it's mostly the audio, I guess, that's Mm. kind of being manipulated or um, the relationship is being changed than what we're used to because you have the screen that has the movie playing out and then you Mm. have the actors who are commenting on the film or Mm. saying the lines in tandem with the characters. So it's, in terms of an experience as a viewer, it's a really interesting way to kind of play with sound and, and to attract the your your gaze or whatever mm. to different things happening, like in the kind of um, performative space mm. that is both the stage mm. and the screen. Well, actually, yeah. now that you say mm-hmm. that, I just realised that. How do you... Well, I don't know if you experienced this ever, mm-hmm. but dubbed films. Because oh, I, right. you know, I yeah. come from a country where you don't ever... Well, maybe, like, we have one channel that mm-hmm. does play sometimes. Yeah. Um, like, original films with just subtitles, but that's very right. rare. So yeah. you don't get to hear the real sound, like, the yeah. real um, dialogue ever. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? Oh, I, one time, I went on a date, and I saw, what was that film? It was, like, George Clooney, and it was about finding art that the Nazis had taken. They were worth a whole bunch can't remember what the film's called because I saw it dubbed <laughs> and it was so weird and I like because I'm most of the films I watch are English speaking yeah. I don't or I just read the subtitles but that's that's strange and I found it also because I wasn't a native French speaker so already it was like yeah. what why why aren't there just subtitles and then I wouldn't have to do any work but that's a whole other that's mm-hmm. a whole other thing yeah <laughs> um but definitely definitely interesting i mean in terms of the room half of that was dubbed Mm. it's yeah audio like that's another with animated films we're expected Mm. that the sound isn't going to match up with the Mm. the movements yeah but then when it happens in something that's supposed to be more realistic Mm. i think maybe that that disrupts our viewership Mm. a little bit more our ability to consume the image well i think still a few italian films Mm -hmm. from you know the 60s or the 50s yeah they've used american actors or you know the other way around and i think they're quite they're dubbed as well and sometimes you can notice it and it's a bit yeah it's kind of fine because it's old and you're like well okay that makes sense that's Mm -hmm. fair enough like technology whatever yeah (laughs) but um it's still a bit to me that I can notice it and yeah. then I notice it, I'm like well yeah <laughs> like Alain Delon in, in Rocco and his brothers I think there's a scene where they do it in French because okay. he and the woman are both French speakers but okay. then they dub it in Italian but I think it was to get that kind of emotion so that they, they were oh, speaking wow. their native language yeah. and this like big build up wow so that was cool well let's let's move on to our final topic um thematic music so <laughs> a big so many things that we could just list <laughs> Lord of the Rings, yes. one of your personal favorites. Um, the Ring, one I saw when I was really young, couldn't deal with it. Mm. Uh, Harry Potter. Yes. I remember in high school, I conducted my, my class doing like the Harry Potter theme music, and I was so oh, brutal really? with the fact that they weren't practicing. I was like, come <laughs> on, guys, it's Harry Potter. <laughs> but uh, again, another, another area where maybe we have to be critical of its commercial kind of... Um, tendencies right Mm -hmm. like I feel it's so easy to identify the Harry Potter theme song it's such a mass thing Mm. but what do you think it 
what do you think it does to have that kind of like non-lyrical theme music that we can all kind of identify? Well, I think I'm gonna buy, I'm mm. gonna go back to Lord of the Rings yeah. because I like have it in my head, yeah. like, <laughs> page by page. But um, um, so what? There's actually a theme tune for the ring, you know, and how right. it affects. So it's still the same tune, but it's sort of there are ver- different versions of it depending which character it affects. Right. Um, so you mean the ring in Lord of the Ring, and it's really yeah, oh, I thought yeah. you meant like the Gryffindor <laughs> film. Oops. Okay, <laughs> my fault. Um, but yeah, and I think um, that is very powerful because the ring it is is almost as a character in the film, mm-hmm. and that music, that theme, very much you know yeah. signifies that. I think. Yeah. So that that's because that would be like a light motif, right? Yeah. In in yeah. So that so I guess it brings out this whole kind of other tradition. Of, of classical music, you know, mm-hmm. and how and how that kind of builds a story or a narrative in a very artful way. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't be so critical of it in terms of, well, like, I, commercial... I, I don't know, because then, you know... Because mm-hmm. I think part of it is that, because I think in with, with Star Wars and any sort of mm-hmm. big films, even maybe Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. as you know, um, it's quite... You, you, you recognise it straight away. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know... Yeah. But also, when when you think about westerns, you always you also recognize them. But I wonder if that's for commercial purposes. Yeah. Because I was, um, oh my god, what's that? Is it the the bad, the good, and the ugly? Mm-hmm. Do you know that theme? I don't know the theme. Oh. Of it. Do you want to do you want to sing a little bit? Oh, of it? Oh. <laughs> no, because I did it yesterday. It's my flatmate. It's just embarrassing. Like she's a better singer than I am. Yeah. But it's so, <laughs> I really want to because it's in my head. But it's I think you would know it. That's the mm-hmm. thing. Everyone knows right. it because it's so popular and no, you haven't maybe you haven't seen the film mm-hmm. but you just know it because somehow right. it made its way yeah to all different so pervasive yeah mm-hmm. yeah and on the whole other kind of spectrum of that i i have said multiple times that you know a tv show is going to be good when their theme music is like amazing okay so like lord of the rings westworld Stranger Things, um, <laughs> just to name name three big ones in my head. Mm. But yeah, 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 so good. <laughs> like I'm gonna listen to the Westworld intro after this. <laughs> <laughs> or Peaky Blinders, actually. Yeah, Peaky Blinders mm. really good too. Yeah, I love the music in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, they've it's, done really well. I think. Yeah, it's fantastic. Breaking Bad. Um, I don't know if they have intro theme music, but their the music that they use has always mm. really stuck out to me. Like mm. in um, in TV shows, mm. I feel. They have a little bit more flexibility because mm. they can, they can bring music from maybe different genres that like yeah. you wouldn't associate yeah. into their show yeah. in a less kind of disruptive way. Mm. Even the Crown actually, yeah, because they use pretty much the same yeah bit from the beginning. I think it's like when you look it up on YouTube, it's this mm-hmm. one track that's like three or five minutes long. They pretty much use that throughout the whole series, but it uh, works yeah. so well because it's so dramatic and it's always sort of at the end when yeah you see someone breaking down or you know something happened and it's just so powerful mm-hmm. and it's just one track and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh great. <laughs> <laughs> well I think I think maybe we can cl- conclude it there. Yeah. I feel like we've only just skimmed <laughs> the surface when I was looking at important articles to read for mm. this this conversation like there's so much I can't yeah. I can't deal with this so I don't I don't know what I was thinking as no well. was like, let's talk about sound oh, it's, it's, perfect. Kind of, it's kind of like saying oh let's talk about film like, yeah no it's great this has been absolutely fantastic thank you so much for joining me thank you for having me um my pleasure my sister was saying that 
I need to think of a catchphrase to say <laughs> at the end of the at the end of these segments. Do you have an idea for a catchphrase at all? Oh my goodness. Do you have one? I I was thinking, oh it's so cheesy. Like, <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> it's too horrible. Maybe we can open that up. Like, if someone wants to approach me with a good... <laughs> I think it, it should definitely be cheesy, but something yeah. quite... Something that maybe doesn't really make sense, or something that's a pun, or something really, really horrible. Oh, you that's know? great. Yeah, I love... I'm all for cringe. That's, yeah. that's definitely yeah. good. So, okay, if anyone wants to give me any ideas of a really good kind of catchphrase, uh, just comment on the Facebook wall or something. So anyways, <laughs> thank you so much, Kat, for joining me. Thank you. And uh, that's a wrap, folks.